Well, good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. You guys doing well? Everybody having a Merry Christmas so far? Well, it's going to be a great, great Christmas. And my goal is simple, and that is that everybody, by the time you leave here, is merry. Merry Christmas. Uh, just to uh, understand that word, I actually looked it up. You know, what's the dictionary? If, if my goal is for you to be merry... We've got to understand the word, and I found there's three definitions, an adjective with three definitions. So give yourself a little Mary quiz tonight, and let's see how you're doing. The first definition is cheerful and lively. How are you guys doing there? Not bad, not bad. Last service was a little flat. All right, you guys are... All right, the second one is, second definition is an occasion of festivity and rejoicing. Well... You are at Life Church, right? On Christmas Eve. Check that box. All right, now I'm not making this up. This is the third definition of the word Mary. Slightly and good humoredly drunk. It's the definition. I'm hoping not too many of you are checking that box off tonight, but that's what it is. There's a couple of you thinking number three is my only hope, preacher. So wrap this up, get her started. Um, I'm assuming a couple of things. I'm assuming that you probably are aware that tomorrow's Christmas Day. I'm assuming you probably know a little bit about the Christmas story that we're celebrating, that God came to this earth to redeem us, to pay the price for our sins. Uh, we've all strayed. We've all have some added some sins to that list, but he has come to pay that price he came as in the form of a baby. Jesus was born in a manger, uh, born in really an animal, you know, a barn, really, uh, placed in a manger, a feeding trough. Angels announced to shepherds who came. And our, our favorite part of the story, at least mine, probably yours as well, is the fact that these wise men came bringing gifts. And because of that, 2019 years later, we have been bringing gifts and giving gifts to each other ever since on Christmas Day. Anybody looking forward? Anybody got any, anybody got any gifts ready? No? There's probably a couple men in here who just, it just hits you. You're like, oh. It's not... Uh, well, men, if that's you, it, you it, it's too late to hit a home run, but you might be able to bunt onto first base right now if you, you can pull something off tonight before, <laughs> before this is over. So does anybody have the tradition, a lot of people do this, um, of opening one gift? You know, you save the big gifts for Christmas Day, of course, Christmas morning, but you get to open one gift on Christmas Eve, you know, reaching the stocking. The, the new Mercedes is tomorrow morning, of course, right? But tonight you reach in the stocking and you get what you get, you know, a bottle opener or something, right? Some little thing, and it's the Christmas Eve gift. Well, that tradition actually does illustrate uh, something about the story of Christmas and a real understanding of what Jesus Christ actually came to bring and what he actually accomplished. It's helpful to see it that way. Because the fact is, is that there's a bigger gift 
that Jesus ultimately brings, and you've probably heard this before. I heard many preachers kind of make it sound like, they almost, they almost make the people of Jesus' day sound like fools. You know, like, why didn't those people get it? Because the majority of the people didn't understand. You know, not everybody rushed to Bethlehem to see the baby. You know, why didn't they get it? They had all these prophecies. You know, and they had. It had been written hundreds of years before that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, born to a virgin, all these things. You know, why didn't they get it? Why didn't they understand? It's really not that hard to understand why they didn't get it because they were just, just like us. They were busy with their life. This may shock you, but 2,000 years ago, this is hard to believe, but they used to have these things called problems. Yeah, they actually did. They had problems. They, they used to have bills. Can you believe it? They had donkey payments and stuff like that. And they had life. And you know what? We're all that way. Uh, they didn't spend their days scouring the Bible for the latest prophecy of what's happening. And the truth is that they expected a Messiah. They expected you know, God to, to carry out his promise. Did you know, though, that even in the Old Testament, the majority, obviously not all, but the majority of the prophecies of the Messiah refer to the big gift, his second coming, where he completely redeems the world. He, he gives us new bodies and a new earth and just takes away all pain. And quite honestly, those people missed it for the same reason we miss it. Because every one of us in here has had this thought at least once. You have. I don't care how great your faith is. At least once you've had this thought, God, if you were really involved, if you really were involved in my life, I wouldn't have this pain. I wouldn't have this. This wouldn't be wrong. This wouldn't have gone wrong if you were really involved. And we need to understand, because the more we understand and appreciate what gift Jesus did bring, here's the reality. We actually, the first time, Jesus brought the Christmas Eve gift. It's amazing. And there's, there will come a day when you appreciate the gift Jesus brought. It wasn't the full package. And actually, the Bible puts words to this better than I can. I'm just going to read a very, very few verses out of Romans 8, which is the, probably the clearest picture you have of the gift Jesus did bring. It's called redemption. And it starts by explaining uh, the obvious, that we are looking for that, that bigger gift, and Romans 8, 23, just start reading here. We too, he, God is telling us that we all have this desire. We wait with eager hope for the day, this is something future, when God will give. He's just telling us that every one of us actually want that bigger gift. All right? We're all waiting. We're all hoping for that day when God will give, there's the gift, us our full rights See, we, the first gift, the first Christmas, Jesus brought redemption, but it wasn't our full rights. It wasn't everything that he's ultimately going to redeem. We get partial rights as his adopted children, including the new, we say that word, say new bodies. Anybody in this room could handle a new body. Would that be okay with you? All right. Anybody hoping for an upgrade, right? At bare minimum, you're hoping for a tuck between here and there, right? Yeah, well, it is true, it is true. This is just one of many references in the scriptures to, to complete redemption, where, where God redeems and, and we get new bodies and a new earth. There's no more pain. But the first gift, first Christmas when Jesus came, the first gift he brought left us in a place where we're still here 
For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Yeah, we're still there. This was written right after the resurrection of Christ. And he, but he did bring a gift. And I'll say it again. Every one of us, if we're completely honest, we've probably never put it in those words. We probably never thought that through. You know, I'm actually kind of disappointed. I didn't get the big gift. We probably wouldn't ever think through it that way. But the truth is we've all been there. We've all been there where we just, again, think, God, I know you can do better than this. I know you can. Come on, God. But we need to see the gift Jesus did bring, what he did bring, because it's amazing. And the more you understand what he did accomplish, the more you'll appreciate it. There will, there will come a day. There will come a day, and I hope it could be today. I hope you don't wait for eternity to finally appreciate this. But there will come a day that you fully appreciate the Christmas Eve gift. You'll appreciate it. You'll realize, oh, that's why he did it that way. And it could be today. And it's amazing to me. It's amazing the difference, how much joy floods my heart and mind and how much merriment happens in my own soul when I realize the Christmas Eve gift, what he accomplished. We can have joy today. We don't have to wait for this full package. Well, this is Romans 8, 23. We're going to skip down just a couple of verses and show this is the gift that Jesus brought. Probably the best wording put to it of what this redemption is that, that Christ accomplished. Can we just, let's just read this aloud together. Can we do that? We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now that's awesome that God, this is redemption, that God takes and redeems our lives and brings everything together for good. And that is awesome, right? Probably the greatest redemption story in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of them. I mean, that's, the, that's what Jesus brought. But probably the, one of the greatest redemption stories is the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph starts, if you, you know, when you read the story, you might be, probably have heard this story before, but he's so, his family is so dysfunctional. I mean, his dad has favorites and there's more than one wife. I mean, that really works. That worked, that would work as well today as it did back then. It was a disaster every time it happened. And it was, their, their, their home was a mess. And there was so much hatred in the home that his brothers wanted to kill him, but they found out they could make some money on him to sell, by selling him as a slave, so they didn't kill him. So he's sold as a slave, and then for 13, everybody say 13 years. Oh, man, 13 years, he's a slave, and it gets worse. He goes from being a slave to a, get thrown in prison. He's in a dungeon. Thousands and thousands of, he's in a dungeon. 13 years, and then because, and this is our only part of redemption. Will you say that with me? Say, love God. That's, our own, that's really our only part of the redemption process is just to respond, just to love him. And Joseph just did that. He just loved God. He just kept doing that next right thing. He kept showing up. He kept trusting and believing. This is a mess. It's not what I want. But God, I trust you. I love you. He just kept loving God, kept serving people, even in prison. And God redeemed him. He ended up being, God lifted him up and promoted him and made him the prime minister of Egypt. And he saves the world from starvation. 20 years after his brothers sold him into slavery, they're standing in front of him again. So here's Joseph now in front of the brothers that had hated him so much. And out of his mouth comes this classic line. That you, you intended to harm me, speaking to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. 
That's, that's what he's just saying. He's just, it's another way of saying that, that God worked everything. I mean, is that not awesome? What could be better than God working everything together for good? Do you know what actually could be better than that? Everything just being good. How about we skip the 20-year part there? How about we skip the years of dysfunctional family and hatred and... Do you get my point? Redemption is... Redemption has amazing climaxes, but the truth is that there's a middle part to those stories. There's a beginning to those stories, and they're painful. And they are. And that's the Christmas Eve gift. Jesus did bring in redemption. He did. He did purchase for God the right to engage himself and involve himself in our lives if we want him, if we've said yes to him, if we love him, to truly work things together for good. But I'll say it again, that's actually not... the. As awesome as that is, we don't want things just to work together for good. We want them just to be good. We'd rather skip. Anybody besides me would rather just skip the part where you're in prison? Anybody but me? Yeah? Would you rather just kind of skip that part? Yeah, I'd like to just skip that part. I mean, the prodigal son story. Isn't that another favorite classic story where this, this son get, takes his inheritance and he goes and he spends it all on prostitutes and buying everybody's drinks and just this wild life. And then he, get, you know, then he gets, runs out of money, ends up in a pig pen and comes to himself and realizes, oh, oh it's better at home. It's better at home. It's better, it's better doing things God's way. And he comes home. And there's this, and the whole story is this climax, the big story, this climax of his dad running out to him to, to grab him. And, and then the big party that they throw. And I mean that, you know, we remember the party, right? But there's that painful part. There's that, there's that earlier part. And the truth is that most of us here tonight at least one area of our life, as awesome as the Christmas Eve gift is, as awesome as redemption is, there's at least one part of our life that is still in that phase. I mean, the prodigal son story is awesome, except when it's your son, and they're not, haven't made it to the pig pen yet. Right? And you're like, yeah, this is awesome. I mean, do they have to commit every sin? Could we... Could we skip a couple? Do they have to add a couple new ones to the book? Really? And, you know, we're, I'm, I'm trying to make it as light and, and funny as possible. But when you're there, and when that's you in that pig pen, or that's you in that cell, or that's you, and for many of us, there's, there's at least one part of our life where we feel a little stuck, where we feel a little bit, but tonight, if you'll see the Christmas Eve gift, if you'll see what Jesus brought, he intentionally left us in a place where there's still darkness, there's still demons, there's still pain, there's still suffering, but see the gift. He is at work. He is at work bringing things together for good. If we can just trust him, He's left us in a place where, again, our one job is just to love him. And if we can do what Joseph did, and in spite of whatever, whatever it is, just love him. Let me give you a great resolution for 2020. I don't know about you, but I've come up with a few resolutions that I haven't been able to keep. 
So I just bring this, I make this my resolution now every year. I, and I think I'm getting better at it every year that I'm just going to love God more this year. I hope the reason that you're here tonight is not just because, well, it's Christmas Eve, you know, that's what we do. I hope you're here because you love God. I hope the reason that you keep doing the next right thing, whatever that is, whatever that is, what is whatever that next right thing is, that next thing of love, that next step of sacrifice, whatever it is, that you're doing it because you, just because you love God. If you'll do that, that one thing, just love God, you're going to receive redemption. You're going to see your life redeemed. You're going to see your mess. It's not much of a fun when there's the mess, but if we can just, and I said this earlier, but I have found it almost overwhelming, the transformation that can take place just on a dime in your own mind when you realize, when you're in the middle of that mess and you realize, wait a minute, I serve a God who's able to redeem. I serve a God who's bringing things together for good. I serve a God who's able to pick this up and bring it all together for good. No, this is not going to end in disaster. This is going to end in the glory of God. Anybody besides me thankful for the Christmas Eve gift? Are you thankful for redemption? Are you thankful for the salvation that Jesus Christ did bring us? Just love him. Just love him. Just love him. You know, the one thing that unites uh, the church of Jesus Christ around the world, every church uh, maybe does it slightly differently, but receives what we would call communion. And it's just a way of just acknowledging what Jesus actually came to the earth for. He came to the earth to pay a price. He came to the earth to pay for our sin. He came to the earth to redeem, to bring back that relationship between us and God. And there was a price to be paid. There was a sacrifice. That's why he came. That's why he came that first time. Gang, he's bringing the bigger gift. It's coming. Full redemption, a new body and a new earth. It's coming. But for now, we celebrate and we have merry hearts because we know that our God is working it all together for good. And we trust him. On this side of your rows, there are baskets on the floor. And if this is new to you, if you'll just pay attention, look up here really quick, because I'm going to save you some grief. There's a tab that sticks out. If you'll give that a flick, it's going to be a whole lot easier to separate. There's a cellophane at the top. And take out that bread, and if you'll take the bread and just hold on to it, don't eat it yet. And after we have all been served, and after everybody has that, um, then we'll all receive the bread together. Would you do this with me? Would you just close your eyes and let me pray? And we're going to thank God for this bread and what it means to us. Lord Jesus, this bread represents your body, which was broken for us. And Lord, it is so true that it's by your wounds that we get healed. We do. Our, our home gets healed. Our heart gets healed. Lord, we have faith and joy. God, we know things are going to work out because we've been healed, Lord, because your grace is sufficient. Jesus, there was a, a price to pay. Our sins caused a mess that caused, that it took a price. And Jesus, you've paid it. We can't say thank you enough for the redemption that you purchased. Thank you, Lord, for what this represents. Let's take the bread together. If you'll take your cup now and peel back that second layer and 
just hold that. I'm going to, we're going to pray and, and thank God for uh, this juice represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And again, just close your eyes and let's pray and just thank God for the blood of Jesus. Jesus, the reason you came to earth on Christmas, Lord, it was your first visit to this planet. And Lord, you came to pay a price. You came to bring the beginnings of redemption. And Lord, it's here and we are thankful. Jesus, it cost you everything. God, it cost you everything to pay for our mess. And Lord, we're never going to grow tired of thanking you. We're never going to grow tired of rejoicing and of trusting you. We're never going to grow tired of finding your grace sufficient in the middle of the mess, in the middle of pain, in the middle of things, in, a, in the middle of slavery or a dungeon. Lord, your grace is sufficient. You're lifting us up. Jesus, you have paid the price to redeem us, our lives, our families. And we're thankful and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take the cup together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your amazing grace. Amen. Hey, guys, on this side of your row is another basket. If you'll pass it down and, uh, and put your empty cups uh, in that. And with that, uh, we're going to end with our candle lighting ceremony. And Pastor Tom is going to come and take care of that. Great job, Brian. Thank you for this awesome message. This is the favorite part of the service for me. We get a chance to light our candles and, and our ushers will come up. You guys can start doing that. I just need your help, everybody here. I'm a pastor that's known for a lot of things, but I don't want to be known for the guy that burned the church down. So if you guys can help us out, uh, when you the, the ushers are going to come and light the candles at the end of the rows. And you can help your neighbor keep your lit candle facing upward. Everyone else like this, but the lit candles stay upward. Okay? And let's uh, stand up and sing Silent Night together. Thank you. <laughs>